This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Bijou Podcasts. You're listening to episode 23 of The Stacey June Show. And today, my guest is journalist and podcaster, Alison Rice. everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Stacey June Show. My guest today is podcaster and journalist Alison Rice, and I'll give you a little bit of a backstory on her very soon, but I'm thrilled to speak to her, um, and I'm, I'm thrilled to introduce her to you. Um, many of you are aware that I've been on the baby train, and I've really found a nice place uh, at the moment that I think has been a testament to some hard times. So a lot of people I guess were very vocal about how 2018 sucked balls. Basically, uh, it just seemed to be a very transitional and difficult year for a lot of people. Most mostly years can take a bit of a full rounded circle approach. Like at the end of the year, you feel like you got through everything and then it's at the end. But I actually had an astrology reading via a Eastern um, astrologist. So it's it's called a Joyti reading, which is a di- a slightly different to um, our Western astrology system. And she was saying that this particular transition is actually going across from about April last year until April next year. So 2020. And it was it was really interesting because I did feel at the end of the year there was more to come. And I don't know if you felt that, but it wasn't one of those years that just kind of was signed, sealed and delivered. It was a bit of a bitch. There was good times for me and there was hectically difficult times. And I didn't quite feel that the year had finished. I thought, kind of thought this is going to be like a two-year binder. Anywho, I haven't felt that I've necessarily had the same kinds of challenges this year. In fact, quite the opposite. What I've found is that there's still work to be done, but there's this beautiful, slow growth that is happening in me at the moment that is definitely a testament to some of those challenges last year. And last year, as many of you know, I really... um, I really shook things up. I started to create a new puzzle for myself, a new chapter, and I left some pieces behind. I've brought some pieces along with me, but mostly I've got a pretty clear board. And that was incredibly difficult. I would put pieces back on the board, take them back off, put them back on the board, take them back off, bring them with me, take them away. You know, it was just really tricky to let go of a lot of things um, and also to be very comfortable or to be comfortable at all in the space of this puzzle board, i.e. with no pieces of the puzzle on the board, just looking at an empty space in myself and in my life. And I believe that that is where I'm at. I believe I've got these beautiful things to create, but I think this time they're going to unfold in front of me instead of me putting all the pieces of the puzzle together where I then plan it out, set it out and strategize it all. And so that was a really difficult thing to kind of comprehend, even though I knew my heart was calling me in a new way to live. And I had been working towards this particular approach for a long time, but I really was, was, was really pulled to start to surrender and truly throw up my plans to the universe and let go and see what comes. And that it sounds a bit crazy. And I'm sure some of my friends think it's crazy. So, you know, I don't, I don't know where my paycheck's always coming from. I'm creating as much as I can and then just stay wide open, literally arms open, will aff- affirm things. I aff- was doing a Louise Hay affirmations in the front room this morning, just thinking about projects I want to achieve and trying to manifest different ways for me to get them off the ground. But I'm really living very closely and I'm very 
thankful to my partner and, and the position that I'm in. I know that's not always easy, but I have done this in the past with no um, partner support. I think at this point, though, I am in a place where I do have that and I've worked really hard to get that. And so I find myself here, back to my point, in this beautiful, serene place of calm in the present. And that is a really, really big feat for me. I really was not a person that could quite understand, I guess, the significance of being in the present. I understood I needed to do it for meditation. I understood we were working towards that. But my absolute commitment to that over the past 12 months, not just from my meditation practice, but from my my lifestyle choices and the way that I've shifted to live my life means that I have a to-do list that I do at the beginning of the week. I pick and choose the things that I want to do on from day to day, depending on what I feel like. Sometimes it feels like, how am I going to get those three or four things done? And then by the end of the day, I always have everything done and I've had this epic amount of space as well. And it's just pretty amazing. So today I'm patting myself on the back for getting to this place and really saying it out loud is also a very big um, a big thing for me because I think in the past I've often just felt like things are a little bit too good to be true, that if I say something out loud, it means that it's going to go away the next day or it's going something bad's going to happen because I got to a point of goodness and now it's time for me to learn the next lesson. You know, I really have struggled to sit in this moment because I have had pretty bad thoughts about what this moment represents and I feel it and then I fear that it goes and then often it does because fear is, you know, that what you put attention to is what you attract. So I'm just going to sit here and pat myself on the back and be very happy in this place and hopefully that extends it more and more. And just to let you know that if the puzzle isn't all worked out, um, that it is okay and that space is really important. And I don't think it needs to look the same way for everybody. If it's not meditation for you, maybe you just go into the toilet at work and put your alarm on for 10 minutes and you trial that just to create a bit of blankness in your in your day because that's what I've tried to do as difficult as it was for a person that was working 14 hour days and going 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 Um, because now I sit in this very serene place and it's a really nice place to be thank you for coming back and listening to the Stacey June show every week and for your support of course I always 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 um, am grateful and appreciative of your ratings reviews and if you share on Instagram where you're listening I love I love seeing it. Today's podcast is a really epic one. We go into, Alison and I really dive into the podcasting industry and how we find ourselves wanting to create projects that are heart-led. And this can really apply to anyone of any kind of business. You could be running a hat business, you could be running a child's clothing business, you could be running a business that's already already been running. And you want to kind of shift the, I suppose, intention or driver behind what that business is. We have a really big chat about where she's come from. She worked for Epic Brands. Allure Media is where she worked for and headed up brands like Pop Sugar and was the creator or helped launch Who, What, Where here in this country. It was her baby, as she'll explain to you. And it's just a really, really juicy chat. Alison goes into detail about what it was like to change her lifestyle. We talk about uh, how she found her spirituality at a young age, how she really self-identifies. And she's very clear. She's got a, such a great self-awareness and how she helps. She, I think she kind of explains how she uses her self-awareness to make decisions and go forth with with plans and, I suppose, her day-to-day. And I found that quite fascinating because she's incredibly aware of who she is and what how that works in uh, in the world and with people. And I think that there's something we can all learn from that. I will stop babbling on now and get you right into this chat. Alison is kind. She is really kind of kooky and cute. Like there's something really, there's a really little girl essence about her. I don't usually use the word cute because sometimes I find it condescending, but listening back to this chat, I can feel us kind of living in our little girl. Like we are, you know, flirty and playful because I think we really felt like we could, we could really show each other ourselves. And I think you get that. There's, there seems to be a little bit of this, um, 
really lovely sharing, but also this this playful new friendship. So enjoy the chat. Let Alison know you heard her here. You can follow Alison on her Instagram page at Alison Larson Rice. You can follow offline the podcast on Instagram or on the website offline the podcast.com. All right, guys, enjoy. Thank you, though, okay. doll. Um, this is so good that you're all set up. Is it? Because now everyone's got podcasts. I feel like... Every woman with a pulse has a podcast. Well, I feel like everyone's in fancy studios. And I'm like, yes. well, I'm just in my home. I've always kind of done it like this. Yeah. No, I think... Um, well, actually, no, I haven't. That's a lie. I did it in a very fancy radio <laughs> You've <laughs> definitely been on uh, national radio. <laughs> um, I sat in Jackie O's chair, so I'm pretty sure that's as fancy as it can get, but... I guess, I don't know, I feel like I've always done it like this. I don't know. It's mm. weird. I, feel, I feel like it's always been a bit of a slap job. Yeah, but I think there's a bit of um, – I what I've quite liked about offline is the humble beginning. Mm. I've liked that. I've liked that it wasn't perfect and I didn't want it to be perfect. That was quite purposeful because now I've just taken a lease on an office, which well, feels have. quite terrifying. Um, but, you know – if you build it, they will come. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my, ah. um, but no, so now I'm it just recording. It takes longer to build than you think. Yes. <laughs> I'm starting <laughs> well, to realise that. it doesn't. I don't know. It depends mm. who you ask. But now I'm recording in, in the office because I needed to get out of my home. Yeah. Because it's very small, our apartment. And also I was having a bit of trouble shifting the energy. Yeah. It's you know, because I needed my, and this is good because you're in a separate room, whereas mine was in my lounge room, which I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. And then because like in season one, I did a lot of girls that are friends of mine. And then as I've started to sort of extend, I haven't known the people personally. And Mm -hmm. then having them in my space, I think as hard for them as it is for me, actually. Totally. And especially if there is like this space I can contain, it's there's a spare room. So I'm not sure if many of you have seen so many videos of my home, I'm sure, but you walk into our home on the left-hand side is my bedroom, but then in front of that, there's a meditation space. So we've got a sunroom. So that's kind of the most sacred Heaven. place of the house and no one really goes in there. I'll show people because I'm very proud of it, but mm. everyone's very, you, you almost get the, it's like a gold energy that people don't step like well, you're like this. you can look but don't bring <laughs> your shit in of. here although we interviewed guy sebastian once and he was like this is great lighting and just was really in there for the photos and i'm like all right get out of here now <laughs> guy sebastian um so then then you keep walking down a very quite a long hall for sydney and then on i the did left, notice that it's actually like, <laughs> but i think what i found really interesting of late and i don't know if you found this but it's not just friends it's not just friends, oh, sorry, people that you don't know's energy you need to contain, but often it also can be those friends or those mm. interviews. I mean, I worked alongside one of my very closest friends for a very long time, and it's still you've still got to contain energy of your home. And I put something up of this on the other day of saying your family and friends might be your most trusted, but they walk through the door with stuff. Yes. So I think it's fair And then I'm say, asking people to unpack it. Yeah. And then, and then it stays it. with me. Yeah, then it le- is <laughs> you know, left. So to get, get a smudging. It's, <laughs> it's understandable you want to get yeah, out of there. Yeah. And so congratulations on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Dal. And I, I did say this to you before we started recording, but it does mean a lot coming from you because, you know, I look at what you do and your expertise and you're legit. Like this is my first time in – audio so Mm. to know that you think I've done the medium justice is actually really nice for me you know the way I the way I thought about it in the beginning was like I can't go from that job Mm. and produce a shit podcast Mm. like there was no grace period for me Mm. to fuck it up are you a perfectionist yeah yeah through and through I mean listen I don't I don't think I'm a perfectionist for myself in ego. I think I'm a perfectionist in how do I hold people's stories right? Right. And how do I tell this in a way that everyone listening can get around it? 
And yeah, how do I take my editorial sensibilities and my love for building community and connecting women, which has been a mainstay in my life, Mm. how do I apply that to this medium? And then also leaving a job that was very um, commercial Mm. and working on beautiful brands, but they were businesses. Big ones. Big ones. Mm. A massive motivation for me was this is mine. Everything I do is in my control and every decision is mine. So what what do I want to say no to? And And then perhaps like maybe I'll be defined by what I say no to, not what I say yes to. And then having seen media change shape as you have over the past decade, riding those waves, I've gotten really good at forecasting trends and knowing around about how long things are going to last. Mm-hmm. If I can sit out for a bit, and financially, I mean, that's debatable at the moment, but like if I can hold, you know, and if I can, can I maybe try and be an example of what it means to produce a pure product. Mm. Um, people will laugh at that because, you know, I even have days where I'm like, bloody hell, you're turning down some pretty Well, we both know the guy that runs the, um, the hosting company that we're both with for our podcasting. Yep. And he didn't give me Shout too much out information. Acorn. Yeah. Um, but legends. And didn't he didn't give me too much information, but let me know that you said no to a pretty big brand. Yeah. We laughed about it, actually. Yeah, everyone is. Yeah, <laughs> I said to him, I know I'm the laughing stock of that. No, 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 office. not laughed at you, laughed with you. I, you know, I can sell anyone else's thing. I can build mm. anyone else's brand. <laughs> like, that's what I do. When it came to my own thing and my own stuff, it was just like slow self-torture. I was mm. like, this is real in ways I just never it's the building blocks of courage right yes and I think when you talk about money and building from a values-based system it's interesting that the we've got this kind of backwards approach to it because it's like everybody wants it but they can't have it but that's because I suppose you put value on like what currency is your heart Mm. I mean that's the big question such a good point because if I'm really um, honest, it didn't even those decisions around um, declining sponsorship. Not saying it's all sponsorship. It's just if the brand doesn't feel additive to discovering and exploring self, then that's a hard no for me. Mm. Season one in particular, like I will be forever in their debt mm. for how much they brought. It really established what your show was early on. Gosh, like, yeah. and and that they went there with me, you know. Mm. Um, but that's massive. Also, but that's oh. also okay. So you mentioned earlier that you've some a lot of them were your girlfriends or people that you had worked with in the past, yes. um, or neighbours, or you know, all kinds of people that are in your life. <laughs> L next door. Yeah. <laughs> and so I suppose there's also, and I know this from experience. There's a substance of character that allows you to bring that out in them. Yes. So how important are your friendships and mm. your female relationships and, and how have you how have you essentially invested in those mm. throughout your life? Have you always? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a woman for the for the women. Mm. I mean, you know, I think now is such an interesting time to be a woman and I'm really challenging creators um, in particular to think about what they're putting out there, Mm. you know, because we have a real responsibility now. Like if you go to platform, what the fuck are you going to say, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, And so a lot of the work that I had done with some of those girls in season one and then even in my personal friendships as well is talking about our value set. And I've always been very driven actually by my ethics and my integrity is really important to me so I would say what came out perhaps in those early episodes was conversations we'd had you know tens of times you Mm. know what I mean like Mm. over wine or coffee Mm. or a little bit of coaching but not really kind of like mentor mentee was Mm -hmm. more Mm peer-to-peer and then I think you know with those girls in particular and they've become 
they've rallied. Fuck, they've rallied for mm-hmm. me. Like mm-hmm. I've always been very behind the scenes and any help that I would have given them was very discreet, yeah. you know. But now it's almost like it's flipped mm-hmm. where they're what they're giving me is um, social advocacy. Yeah. You know, they're very public with their support for me now, which I truly appreciate. But I feel like we established our roots privately mm-hmm. and it wasn't about, knowing each other because what could we get out of that well, it, it was... has to be that way for the for it to be as successful as it was it needs to come from a Somewhere a garden else. of some form of nourishment and juice in there you know it, yes it can't come from something stale mm. um so going back to the switch from the corporate life yes you were called when you finished up uh what was the comp the head company you so were, it was Allure Media. It was Allure, that's right. Yeah. Um, which have brands like Pop Sugar, a lot of you might know. Um, but who, what, where yes. was your baby? baby. You launched it. Mm. Um, My firstborn. Yeah. Well, I think a girl was mine for sure. Um, I actually spoke to somebody the other day about thinking about, you know, getting ready to try again for a baby. And I said, I'm actually finding it quite hard to be as driven with my creative endeavors because I feel like the baby has become that new creation Mm. because it feels like it's actually coming from the same place in my body that thinker girl came from yeah and he's like that's okay this is my healer you can listen to episode one here's my first episode on this new show but he's like that's okay because that all creation is the same Mm. actually is all your, your ideas and your baby making anyway I digress um but I thought that was a cool point uh, but you, when you finished up there, you were there for almost a decade. Mm, well, eight years, yeah. I yeah, think it was, yeah. Yeah, which was, I mean, for a millennial, let's, let's call it It's ten. a decade. <laughs> it sounds sexier. <laughs> um, and there were a lot of people that commented and there were press around you leaving and who was taking mm. over. But the word that just continued to come up in the way to describe you was digital maverick. I know, wasn't it full on? What does that mean to you? Um, what is a digital maverick? I like it though. Mm. It's, it's mm. I, there's something I very MacGyver about it. Like it's kind of sexy with a brain. Yeah. You know, um, God, what does that mean to me? That means, you know, I would like to think I, much the same as I'm trying to, um, with podcasting, I think I helped push the industry forward, mm-hmm. and so the decisions I made in that role were for the greater good of online because Mm. it was a bit of a race to the bottom, you know. It's Mm. like anyone can launch a podcast now, so very important if you're going to do that again, what the fuck are you going to say? Mm. Because we have an opportunity to educate now Mm. and push society forward. And I had that with women's content too. So it was like I'm saying no to five fucking ways to da-da-da-da-da. Like what are we doing yeah. You know, what are the initiatives that we need to get behind? I think that's kind of probably where that label comes from is I I would like to think I pushed the boundaries and I challenged what particularly advertisers saw women's lifestyle content to be because, mm. you know, my whole thing was like, yeah, we do love lipstick and shoes, you know, but we also want to read about the fucking election. Where does the maverick come from? Where, you know, is there something? That's my Aquarius rising. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> um, so I'm Cancerian and, you know, I'm like Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon. and I my I am too, yeah. actually. Or Gemini. What? Yeah, no, I, yeah, okay. That's full-on Cancer for those listening. Yes, and Mars <laughs> in Cancer as well. So, right. um, so when I think about that as it relates to sort of my identity, mm. I'm like I'm just a walking, talking Cancerian. I'm like all of it. But my rising sign which if you know enough about it is how you kind of present in the world and how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And Aquarians are very pioneering. They're, they're individuals. They like to be unique first. They like to do things a bit differently. And then as I think about, okay, if that's how I present, that's absolutely how people perceive me mm. because, you know, I also get bored really easy. Mm. So I'm just like, I'm, I'm interested in being interesting, mm. you know, and that's for me. Mm. you know Mm -mm. I want to be delighted by my own brain Mm. do you (laughs) You think that the Aquarius elements of you are backed by holding people accountable from the Cancerian oh that's so interesting um because if you want something different all the time or Aquarians are generally 
can it's really great in terms of beginning things but whether they're mm. actually then have that follow through is something yes. very different but the cancerian yeah. will not give up <laughs> <laughs> i am a bit of a warrior like that yeah. i will say and like the past year has been a real um it's been very validating for me that i have actually my resilience bank is like fucking topped up like i mm. am way stronger than I knew I was strong but um I've been drawing down on some stuff that I didn't even know was was there so yeah I'll say like with the Aquarian Cancerian thing it's like I'm supreme nurture Mm -hmm. and with the Aquarian thing I I wanted I wanted challenge for the greater good so it's not in ego for me it's not Mm -hmm. like can I do this so I'm famous so I have more followers I have the I'm like, am I helping push things forward? And as I think about women's causes, can I get behind them in a way that is additive and is educating so that other people know what to say, what to do, where to go? Mm. You know, because, like, I mean, I spoke about it a bit on International Women's Day and a lot of people would be like, oh, fuck, it's just, like, taken too far now and it's marketing. And it's like, no, we have to go back to, like, what it's really about and, like, for any woman with a platform – that is the actual day when we have to educate. Mm. We have to draw it down and say, mm. what are we doing this for? Because the breakfasts are great. The panels are great. It's I all felt, awesome. Yeah, it's funny you bring that up, actually. I felt this year I didn't really say much. I said that I didn't say much mm. because I felt tired this year. Mm. I was honest about that, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like if we ground it in that day exists because pe- women marched for us. Mm-hmm. It's about reform it's Mm. about change of legislation it's about what are we doing to affect real change Mm. so the breakfasts what an amazing opportunity to connect but when we're there at the table what questions are we asking each other well i think as well i saw um tina chan who was michelle obama's chief of staff and Mm. she was a part of the obama i guess um just posse from Mm. the whole way from chicago to washington and she was – like, it was a conversation with her at the International Women's Day weekend that they do at the Opera House. So they do an absolute heap of content across the week – across that weekend. And I think the thing that also – I went and it was great and she was amazing, but it was – I just looked around and I was like, this is not okay for this to just be women anymore. Mm. I just was like, this is just redundant. Mm-hmm. It's redundant. Yeah. Like, and in the past it had felt uplifting and inspiring and we came together and now it felt, yeah, it got to a point where I felt like we, we will reach, we are very close to reaching the limit mm-hmm. of what we can do alone. Mm. We're just not moving the needle fast enough. Yeah. And it's because we can't do it by ourselves because what we're asking for is equality with another team mm. and the team aren't showing up. Mm. Because I don't know how to be in the space. Yeah. And I think also because we're creating spaces that are women-only things. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a tricky one. Totally. It's really really interesting you bring that up. You know, as I was planning season two, you know, I had the burning desire to bring more healers in and teachers Mm. and all of that. And um, diversity has been a key theme for me because, you know, season one – it's quite confronting for me to look back and go, okay. Yeah, the Lena Dunham thing. You got a lot of pretty white friends. You HBO, she was the same. She right? Got, she was like, shit, I didn't. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like not okay. It's mm. not okay. <laughs> so, how do I be in that space again and be additive, you know, and not mm. have it feel tokenistic in a way? And and I'm scared of it, you know. And it's been really. I've had to dig a bit on that and get a lot of advice from people who I respect who are doing it in a way that um, I would like. Someone gave me really great advice was the fact that you're thinking about it is you're there. Mm. When you thought about doing this work and and really harnessing, I suppose, a, a self-care focus or a self-care resource in mm. your show – where did that come from? Mm. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? That kind of like, I was talking to someone else about this, like self-care, people like roll their eyes now. And like, we've got to challenge that, mm. you know, just because 
um, the big marketing engines got behind it and started to fuck it up. Let's remember what it is at mm. its core and it's okay for us to say it and it not be this thing like, oh, God, self-care, you know, oh, astrology. Oh, so I'm, I'm out there like quite vocal at the mm. moment, um, mm. challenging that sort of response and then really what I'm asking from the women around me, the women listening is let's not sit in judgment, mm. you know. Let's just commend each other for putting ourselves out there and giving it a fucking go, mm. you know, because mm. if I can help 100 women explore self, then I am good, mm-hmm. you know. If I can help 100,000, mm. fucking awesome, Mm-mm-mm. you know. But um, but that comes back to the value thing again. But, you know, self for me has been um, – forever it's a mainstay it's it's how I've always been in the world when I was about eight and I've had this sort of explored with a healer I started to um, self-isolate at home so there was some stuff going on at home and as a cancerian because we feel the room before we hear the room I just took myself out of the situation emotionally and it was at that age that I started to um, work on my sense of self and then also um, visualize my life. So I don't manifest, mm-hmm. I do creative visualization so mm-hmm. I can see what I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. And maybe when I'm, and I'd love to talk a little bit about meditation, but like it's been interesting as I've learned Vedic meditation recently and. I always wonder whether I'm actually quite scored enough to talk about it, but I'll give it a shot. But you Sometimes, talked about it from your perspective. I yeah, and that's so okay important. too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. What's well, the only way you can tell? Yes. You can be a, va- a Vedic meditation teacher and it's still going to be from your perspective, yeah. which is why I like this work. Yes, and it is kind a, of like... I don't want a book telling me no. the one answer. Mm. And that was like the goal for offline was lived experience. It's mm. like you know what's that saying like the reality we believe is the reality we experience Mm. I think that's it or think and so that's true for as you hear my story come through on offline and I think what's been quite beautiful to listen back which I you know I don't know about you but it's like that's like water torture for me (laughs) listening to myself (laughs) from the beginning (laughs) but um but I have done that a bit because I'm trying to sit in my success a bit more and reflect on how far I've come in the last six months but hearing my own self-growth through Mm. the episodes because when I did number one with my healer genie or a very prominent healer in my life I actually thought I was pretty far along on my journey, actually. And then (laughs) life happened. And then, gosh, now I'm like, whoa, you were so in ego, mate. Like, you were still, yeah, oh, my God, you were all personality and you were all labels. Yeah, and I speak about this a lot, the bravado that the world brings or I suppose we – it's the costume. So you Mm. leave the house and you've got this kind of – mask or, or yes. outfit for for who you think you need to present versus mm. who you actually are mm. and that was kind of like and that's what you mean by ego yeah yeah the yeah. unveiling yeah. well this concept of ego and personality versus self and soul mm-hmm. and so my singular goal right now is and I think I am closer to self than I've ever been before mm. is understanding who I am at my core, my spirit, mm. Mm. you know, and then my spirit inhabits this body mm. that's here on this earth this time around, mm. you know, and getting around that has been quite profound for me because everything has softened. Mm. So now that I'm realizing that I am not my feelings, I am not my thoughts, I am not my job, I am not any of those labels, you know, how can I get closer? And like, the profound happiness I feel and contentness I feel, like I said to you before, I can't spend money. Mm. I don't want anything. Mm. I want to shop. I mean, I was just fucking buying the Balenciagas up. Mm. I was like all of the things, you know, and that was kind of cool and beautiful. And like yeah. the ambition was like, woohoo, got all this stuff that I never thought I'd be able to afford. Awesome. But now it's like I open my cupboard and I look at it. And I'm like, wow, look at all that pain (laughs) look at all those things that you thought were going to make you feel 
like the person you were sort of presenting yourself mm. to be. But I try and go easy on myself because I didn't know any better then, no. you know. And I think there are parts of expression that come mm. from the way we do present ourselves. No one's walking out of the house naked, mm. you know. So we have to understand that there's we do live in Australia. And I really struggle with this sometimes. I have dug very deep over the past 12 months also and there's times where I've dug so deep that I've looked around and thought, you know, and, and I think a lot of people that do a lot of spiritual work get to a point where they go, so is this it? Do I go to the forest now and live there? Like, <laughs> is that what happens? Like, and, and you go, oh, oh no, I, I need I to find my balance. I need to find, yes. you know, and and Australia and, and the amount of nature and all the kinds of things we have are such a blessing. Mm. But we do live in a Western culture. So with that comes these things. So you can't necessarily drop them all completely Mm. um, if you want to not live in the forest and even my healer we laughed about it the other day and he said to me Michael said you know and we've all been there he's like and I've had mates that have tried it like and gone two years and they're like fuck my kidneys my kids not necessarily (laughs) learning these things and I thought I could teach them everything but I can't and so yeah so I think yeah there is some stuff yeah but this is the thing it's like spirituality um all of these journeys we go on and these lessons we're learning it's all for now it's all for this Mm. this life Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's all how does it apply to me being a better human and again like what am I going to do in in this lifetime to help push this thing forward? Yeah, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's been kind of my, yes, my biggest learning is like it's not so much about, and because I have days too where I'm like, Tony, should we just like move to Byron, do the Mm. farm thing? Like, it's currently, you know, if I've got you and I've got the baby and I've got the podcast, I think I'm sweet. (laughs) We are so sweet. But, you know, and this is like I. I'll see you there. Yeah, we can be (laughs) neighbours. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What I've, what I've realised through this process of podcasting and obviously developing offline is I, my, um, my skill set happens to be in storytelling, mm-hmm. bit of strategy, um, having that sort of innate sense of knowing how something needs to look and sound mm-hmm. for people to really understand it. Mm-hmm. So I'm realising one of my, my purpose one of my purposes is to help healers and teachers Mm. reach more people. Mm. And I would say for anyone who's got, who can create, who can tell stories, find the people who actually have something to say and who are helping us. Yeah. And help them fucking tell their stories. I back that a hundred percent. I think, and if you are thinking about starting a podcast or you are, are, you do have a podcast now, try to make the amount of followers have, uh, the amount of followers people have, not the first preference. You know, that's the really interesting thing. After this, I'll record a podcast with my kinesiologist she doesn't have an Instagram mm, Totally. It's got to – I understand it's got to be in there to some degree, but – It's like your weather vessel mm. comes through us. Mm. <laughs> yeah, and you set you the know. tone. Mm. You do. And I, I guess when this year came about and there was – I think this year in particular, 2019, I think I saw, you know, so many podcasts launch and I thought – and I did have a quick moment where I went, all right, let's not fuck this up, ladies. <laughs> welcome because it was I feel yeah there were a couple of yeah a few bits and pieces of conversations of reaching out or just really having these I guess openings to how can we share this experience how Mm. can we 
and yeah, there's a few there's a few out there that I think are definitely wanting to win, and I and I think that that is admirable. But I am very protective of the podcasting forum, as you should be. And you know what, like, and I know you didn't mean it in that way. I don't think it's admirable. I mm. think wanting to win is wholly in ego Mm. and the reason your intention to launch the podcast is impure Mm. and so quite frankly it might do well in the short term because we can all find commercial success quickly Mm. it's not hard and you know that too Mm. but it's like what I'm thinking about is what is offline in five years what is offline in 10 years you know this is my legacy Mm. and it's my name and fuck it's my voice and that's what I found so interesting because I'm always my words your actual voice so I read myself Mm. but hearing and knowing that like how powerful the medium is and how Mm. intimate it is Mm. and your ability to reach and educate and communicate oh my god like it's wild and you connect a different part of people's hearts I know that sounds really no I could not agree more um so back to when you were little and you kind of retreated yes and we we build I guess for me I built my spirituality without really understanding it was spiritual yes were you quite aware of the fact that you were growing into being a spiritual person or was that something that was there a moment of realization for you that you went oh okay I think I I see I'm introspective. I see the world differently. I feel mm. that there's more than me. Yeah, no, that's always felt um, like it was there and that I was perhaps even in my teenage years, I was observing more than I was participating mm. and um, a lot of self-interrogation and I'm very, I mean, back to the cancer thing, fuck, like I am all feeling Mm. all feeling and all thinking and too much thinking a lot of the time I'm working really hard on just like going all right Alison you've given that a run now (laughs) like just move on mentally and I said to Ben the other day I'm like do I keep my think girl email address he's like no the thinking we're we're moving on from all (laughs) we've done it's been a good run stop thinking about thinker girls (laughs) (laughs) but it's the irony of it Um, yeah I hear you but no so it's always been been there and um and I've always had this sense that I've been here a few times more than a few times Mm. so that concept of an old soul um I really relate to that Mm. and you know I've had many many occasions in my life where I'm like why do I know this why do I know the answer to that why do I know what's right why why do I have such high moral code like I do think I've been here many times I think I've how learned a lot trust, of lessons but how did you trust that you knew it was something more because I think that's mm. the interesting part that takes you to this other like Mario Kart level too is yeah. that that I think a lot of us feel that mm. and go oh, how how but then trusting that it yes. isn't just a coincidence and that there's something greater behind mm. that how did you get to that understanding well, I think it was like knowing that like I owed it to myself to explore that Mm. that's how I felt like you Mm. you are very deserving of going in you know and and then in this lifetime knowing that I can fucking hack it you know and as I get deeper there's days where I'm like oh like (laughs) wouldn't mind just a little easier time right now (laughs) um but then at the same time there's something you know quite addictive Mm. as I get to know myself better the strength and um you know the power that I have now and just gosh I I can't imagine denying myself of that self-work and and I think it's like we need entry points and that's what I'm kind of hoping offline is for people it's an entry point to exploring self Mm. can you hear your story through ours maybe Mm. and then here's what we did and then maybe you could Mm. do this too Um, But, like, Jeannie Burke was foundational for me in quickly understanding that I was, I guess, spiritual. Mm -hmm. Um, And we all are, Mm. right? It's just how far along in acknowledging our spiritual self. That's right. What do we want to call it? And if we don't want to call it anything, then Then we stay there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this time. Yeah. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) You might not. Um, But she absolutely was my... um, yeah, my foundational entry point. So she was the person who opened me up. And how old were you? So that was about um, 
I guess eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, was very some, discreet was work that took you there. Well, I was a beauty editor mm-hmm. um, at the time on Pop Sugar. Actually, I was like, I am the story of hard hard work because mm-hmm. I started as the weekend editor, doing the shift that no one wanted to do, mm-hmm. seven till four, Saturday and Sunday. And then moved into the beauty editor role and she was just doing press as she mm-hmm. had, you know. And she's, I mean, Venustas is iconic. It's been there for 25 mm-hmm. years and mm-hmm. she is an institution. Um, and she had invited me in, I think, for a treatment. And um, and we just had a an immediate connection. And I've learned this about me and teachers and healers because I've got one also with Matt, my meditation mm-hmm. teacher. And I think it was me surrendering to her. Mm. And, you know, our energetic connection, like she could access me in a way that no one had been able to access me before. And then me falling back and going, all right, it's in here. I'll talk to you. You can get it out. And I think that's a really important point to say to anyone that's going into an appointment with a healer or an energy worker or Mm. a therapist even to some degree. You know, it's not just their job to bring it out of you. No. No. And you'll get to a point where you'll be able to dig to a point of them being the person to dig. But then Mm. they, if they're a good therapist or they're a good, um, you know, whatever their title is, they're a good practitioner, they'll probably back off Mm. because there is, I guess, an element of you coming to the table too. Yes. And I get that same, I suppose, connection when I walk in because I'm so open (laughs) that they say, wow, okay you know, this is the one of the day that mm. I'm going to be able to dig a bit deeper. Do you find now, though, like, I've been thinking about this a lot, my um, my appetite for conversation is a beast now. You know, like, I I just want to go there quick mm. with you mm. or not at all. Do I, you have that thing where you want to be around people who can just, like, here's well, my stuff, here's what, you know. It's funny you say that because I'm going through a bit of a cleansing period at the moment with friendships even, again, I thought mm. I had that in my late twenties <laughs> again, and not in a. It's very different. It's not in a bad. You know, no one's resisting as much, yes. which is probably even a bit more confronting because you're like, I've presented who I am, and that's taken me such a long time to advocate honestly for myself mm. because I felt like my sensitivity or my emotional um, capacity or my desire for depth has been something so unattractive to someone else. To my best mates and my people, no. But mm. on a, especially moving to Sydney and trying to meet new friends, I've found that they've known that I do that for myself, but if I demand, I kind of was very conscious of demanding that of others. Mm. And especially I got so much fulfilment through my work with having those bigger conversations. And so I would offer myself, but I, I was very wary of what I would expect, I suppose. Yes. And then, yeah, it's happened where I'm reaching and stepping into a new frequency and it's just, it's no longer an option for me to, Mm. um, to continue relationships that don't go there. Yeah. Not even in a way where you could go to a media event and talk shit. How are you good? How are you good? Busy. Yeah. Busy. So busy. Did you get my email? No, I got your fucking email, but I don't want to answer it. You know why? Because I'm creating something that's really important. You know, and pushing your agenda onto me. It's different. Is not of interest to me at this point. And like, then I look back at the years where my life was governed and run by other people. Mm. And I'm like, whoa. Because mm. now the sense of freedom. And I was saying to you, like, I've never been happier, but I've also never been broker. So it's like, mm. you mm. know, and this is the thing is that will come. You know, mm. we're in earning periods and out of earning periods. Mm. And what is earning anyway? And well, money is an energy. Right you know and, you i think know, they're blocking it a bit but and i you've been there i've been there when you have earned a good amount of money you realize and i had earned a good amount of money really early in my 20s which was a bit of a blessing and a curse for me i got into corporate comms really straight oh my god, out of uni. plum oh my god <laughs> and it was such a fucking cruisy job like mm. internal comms this person had a baby you know like it mm. just was Insane, And it was on an IT project that was contract. So I was earning a fuckload of money on a day rate. And 
I remember buying this Stella McCartney suit. I was 23 or something. Like, Bougie. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it was the Target version, I'm not sure. Um, and, and I remember, and that period of time stayed with me forever that I could always, I knew I always had the capacity to get to six figures. Mm. And, you know, I still think that there's space for you to do that and more if that's what your journey is. You know, right. I, it's not saying that that's the last or mm. that was the last time. But I think there was this very early on, this kind of freedom in, oh, that was good, but it wasn't everything. Because I can do that. And I could always go back. Yeah. I've said that a lot, actually. Like It's nice to lean on. Yeah. If this whole thing isn't a thing, which it is, like there's just absolutely no denying it, you know what I mean? And I've got full trust that Mm. I am on course Mm. and I just have to like patiently wait yeah know. and you'll get further on and you won't there'll be no going no. back because that will mean you'll be dead by the time you go back yeah. there you know you'll be so far and I spoke about this on my transition podcast that I'm so far in the woods <laughs> that even if I remotely thought about walking backwards haven't got enough food to get yeah. home <laughs> so it's too late like, I'm too far in I feel you I'm too far no, in I feel you but I've had I've joked and said you know I have to get the big bloody job again I can I can do it, you know. I, that's that I've got um, no no desire, yeah, no desire, and also like, you know, if I really think about like sitting in my own power, like I'm sick of building other people's brands, mm. quite frankly, and <laughs> I want to build something for myself. Mm. You know, I want to build something that's going to survive me. Mm. You know, that's going to help me take care of my family. Mm. You know, I'd love Tony to not have to work. Mm. I think Tony would love that too. Mm. <laughs> Eventually, and this is like the beautiful thing about marriage is, you know, it's the sort of push and pull mm. professionally, and I've fucking enjoyed that. Like yeah. for us to um, to go in and out of those cycles, you know, like when we got married, I think it was two weeks after we got married, I got promoted into the publisher role. And he took a voluntary redundancy from Fairfax and he'd mm-hmm. been there for like 14 years. And he took um, a year and a half, close to a year and a half, um, not off. He was freelancing, but mm-hmm. like he was definitely in the gym yeah. more than he was working. <laughs> I always like joke because <laughs> I was working and I was so in my work and I was fucking loving it. But I would come home like grey. Yeah. You know, that office yeah. weird like. It's office lighting. Yeah, it's office lighting. And you kind of look like the lighting after a while. Yeah, and you feel you're seeing like the lighting. But you're like cold, but you've had stress sweat, so you smell weird. It's like very bizarre. Your skin's dry. But so I would walk in like grey. But pory. Yes, pory. (laughs) And then he would like open the door and he'd be like massive and tanned with like fresh salmon. (laughs) That he he caught himself. Literally. No. (laughs) From Bondi. No. But I loved... um, that he had that time because he had achieved so much, you Mm. know, and I was so proud of him actually for making that decision on his own terms. And then now I'm like, you just have to definitely stay employed, Mm. (laughs) you know? So now he's in that sort of phase. And how has that gone as a relationship? Has, has there been any time where he's felt that pressure? No, not yet. I mean, I guess we're only six months. Yeah. Um, what I will say is what was quite beautiful is he saw me work so you know sometimes if you don't know what your partner really does mm. or you just they come home at five thirty six and whatever he actually saw me every mm. day and mm. I think because I was also doing a lot of like public leading mm. that he was able to sort of consume me as content in a way as well like yeah. he would yeah. kind of see what I was out and about and up to and sort of what I stood for and how I applied myself to that job and how you were celebrated too I think oh my god and this is the thing like it doesn't mean nothing. Seeing him proud of me, yeah. oh, man, it's like his face is just like – and that's what matters to me. It's mm. like my person sees my worth and my value. Like he truly understands who I am in the world yeah. and what I'm here to do. And so yeah. I have – you know, the, that's the compromise in marriage too. Like I need a year mm. to explore this, you know, and I need a year guilt-free – Mm. You know, because I have earned, mm. you know, and I have saved. Yeah. And we are in, look, I don't think we're in a great position financially, but I think we're stable. Yeah. You know, and if not now, then fucking when. Mm. Um, so, look, I think there's mornings where I'll decide I'm going to go for a walk on the beach 
and he's a bit like, all right, well, I'm going to get on the bus. I'm like, all right, Dulls. <laughs> well, I'll catch her. Um, could I perhaps, um, I, you know, I'm, I have that thing at the moment where I'm like, I should cook more, you know. I like, think that too, actually. I'm not super domestic, but then that's always been the way. I never have been that way in the world. So I'm not just going to, like, turn into this fucking domestic goddess because cause I'm home more. Yes. You know, I think that too. and I'm working like this is the thing is like, and he also sees that too. So like he'll come home and I'm still on my laptop or yeah. I'm editing episodes on Sunday nights or, but I quite like the, that whole concept of following your pleasure. Like mm. last night I just felt like working. So mm. I worked till 1230, mm. you know, but then I probably won't pick up my laptop today until yeah. this afternoon. It's nice. It's very free. I quite like Saturdays. I'm a, I work well on a Saturday mm-hmm. and we work from home now um, on a Saturday together. And then Mondays I have pretty cruisier days, yes, which is too. weird. It's just like almost like this, not fuck you, but huh. I don't have to do this Monday thing yeah. that you're all telling me. I'm not worst. subscribing to Monday. Have you yes. noticed? I think there must be something energetically that's moved to that because there's no – I don't see – I don't know if it's my algorithm and how we mm. often – our reality now is our own algorithm that we, that we choose, but I certainly don't remember the last time I saw a ugh, Monday post or something. No. I don't know if it's because I've switched my perception of it or mm. people have where it's like maybe this type of living is becoming a little bit more – open i don't know um i think the gig economy is real and i think anyone who denies that we're going to be working this way 100 percent of the time in the future is like kidding themselves you know as i think about the future it's like what is my skill set and where can i will i be able to command a fee and i think everyone should be thinking that because we'll be working project to project Mm. it'll be more sort of freelance consultancy Mm. versus full-time employment like I remember when I left Alua, like, we weren't really hiring people on permanent contracts. Right. You know, towards the end, it was like, what do we need to achieve in the next six months? And then what skill set do we need to bring in for that time for this project? Yeah. Versus bringing people into a business and then trying to find, like, pathways and growth and development. Yeah. When sometimes it just doesn't add up add up and that I way. think we as people have all changed from that. The generations mm. have changed. People want to do things differently. Okay, I want to thank you for joining me on the Stacey Tune Show. It's been epic and I just thank you for opening up and coming here and meeting me here in this place, this time, but not even today, just in where we're at. Yes. It's really very cool. Very cool to And I will, I want to thank you for your support from the beginning because you were right in my DMs early (laughs) on and that was a real confidence boost for me. Again, like somebody who's a legit broadcaster (laughs) thinks I'm doing an okay, a good job of this, you know, and then I think just for you and I, like being the example too of like here's two women who are on very similar paths Mm. actually Mm. you know and we're producing products that are very value-based and so what a joy to be able to share each other's work yeah and stand alongside each other too you know I think that's really important it was really important for me to get you on the show Mm -hmm. um, and to connect just from a personal perspective I really wanted to talk about your story but also to lead by example of you know just it's a time where I don't know I just I really sense that it's the beginning of a different place for podcasting yeah and I just want to be a part of supporting people that join the space and I I just don't want to be a part of the separation Mm. and I feel like we may be gonna we may be getting some and there may be it's just gonna be a different different kind of vibe and I don't want to be I want to be on the right side of it so totally and you know what our role is lead them to higher ground yeah be the fucking example raise your frequency anytime we move into um anger or like oh you're ripping me off or oh I feel this it's like no good for you you're trying, mm. you're giving it a go. Mm. Can I help you? Mm. You know, if your idea is the same as somebody else's, can I offer you some advice, how to lift it, how mm. to move it, how to help it change shape a bit? Mm. You know, um, I'm trying to stay there. I'm trying to stay in like the more of us mm-hmm. who are able to produce additive products and content. Yeah. 
we got to rally. Yeah, and there's got to be ways for us to all to work together, yeah. I think, too. So I thank you for all of that. Pleasure. Thank you. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.